Perfect. How is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, the show where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. Today, we are back recapping the Bears' rainy day upset win 19-10 to over the San Francisco 49ers in week one. It was a game for the ages, some playing conditions for the ages, and we're here to share our thoughts on the game with you guys and also are going to discuss what we think needs to improve before the Bears head to Lambeau Field in week two. Welcome back to the channel, though. Feels good to be back. We have been absolutely pumping out content on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It really feels good to be back in this consistent groove. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor, drop a like, subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star rating, share the podcast wherever you may be listening. We are starting up our week two content tomorrow. Feels really good once again to be able to do this consistently, and you guys have been showing a ton of support, so keep it up, and the content will keep coming. I am your host, Chris Malpe, joined on my right by my co-host, Parsh Shaw. Big win yesterday, Parth. Obviously, we're recapping it a day late because uh, we were a little busy yesterday. However, nothing beats a victory Monday after week one. How are you feeling, my man? Doing great. Like you said, nothing beats a victory Monday. And uh, it was just great to see the Bears pick up a win yesterday after all the doubt that was heading into week one from the national media. It was great to, you know, see this team perform at a high level and be well coached. We'll dive deeper into it as, as the show goes on. But, you know, I thought they played well. And uh, number one thing was that they were well coached. Absolutely a swappy day, a uh, sloppy day, uh, slash swampy, I guess one could say, mm-hmm. at Soldier Field. A, a low scoring affair, as our guest on Saturday to Windy City Productions predicted. There was standing water on the new Bermuda grass at Soldier Field. The Bears made some second half adjustments to come back and eventually take this one in an upset over the 49ers. Before we start sharing our thoughts, let's get into some stats. The Bears win this one 19-10 at home, putting together all 19 of their points in the second half, seven in the third quarter, as well as 12 in the third, uh, twelve in the fourth quarter. Uh, taking a look at Chicago's passing, it wasn't the prettiest J for Justin Fields. However, I would argue that he outshined Trey Lance for sure and got this one done. Eight, uh, eight for 17 passing, 121 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Fields was only sacked twice in this one, which was huge with a QB with a passer rating of 85.7. On the ground, Khalil Herbert led the way for the Bears, nine rushes, 45 yards, and a score. Justin Fields added 11 rushes for 28 yards. David Montgomery, 17 carries for only 26 yards. So just under 100 rushing yards for the Bears. Weren't able to get the run game going too much in this one, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more down the road. Leading the way for the Chicago receivers, Dante Pettis, one reception, 51 yards, a play-action bomb from Justin Fields for a touchdown. Montgomery added three for 24. Pringle, Byron Pringle, that is, uh, made his first catch for the Bears, a 22-yard reception. He was great in the run-blocking game as well. Equinemia St. Brown, someone who I've been clamoring up the entire preseason slash training camp. He had a touchdown catch for 18 yards. Jaquan Brisker, 
defensively came through with a fumble recovery on a forced fumble by Jalen Johnson. Taking a look at some other standouts on defense, Roquan Smith, nine total tackles, half of a sack and a pass defended. Dominique Robinson, the fifth round pick out of Miami of Ohio, seven total tackles, a sack and a half and an additional tackle for a loss for him. Kyler Gordon, uh, I believe, had one pass defended in this one. Eddie Jackson, perhaps returning to his 2018-2019 form, had a really good break on a ball, picked off uh, the pass from Trey Lance. All around, the Bears defense played a very solid game in this one. Parth, uh, not, you know, the, the game that exactly stuffed the stat sheet. However, the Bears did exactly what they needed to get this one done. I'm going to pass it over to you first. It wasn't looking too great. Heading out of the first half, the Bears hadn't completed a pass to a wide receiver. The offense could get absolutely nothing going. And while the defense was playing bend-don't-break football, heading into the second half when the 49ers had the ball first, a lot of Bears fans were starting to get nervous that it was eventually going to break. But give me your thoughts on this comeback, the adjustments the Bears made, and how they got this one done. Yeah, this game was a game of ups and downs. As you said, the Bears started off slow in the first half and just came out flat on offense. Um, Justin Fields wasn't able to get anything going. Um, the Bears weren't able to get the run game going as they tried to rely on that in the first half, tried to pound the ball a lot. Um, and as we saw, David Montgomery did not have a good game. Um, he was he was someone who struggled to get it going. But as soon as they you know let Justin start airing it out more in the second half, and then we also saw more of Khalil Herbert, you know, who had 45 yards on nine carries. I thought he played a really well game, and uh, did his job perfectly whenever he was asked to step in. Um, you know, with the wide receivers, I loved seeing St. Brown and Dante Pettis get open. Um, Darnell Mooney's going to have a lot of corners against him this year. He's going to get shadowed up by the best corner and the best safety in the leagues, probably whoever he's matched up against will be the best of the other team. So Pettis and um, St. Brown will definitely need to get open. And that's what they did in the second half. Uh, I thought Luke gets, he cooked up some really good plays, got Justin Fields more comfortable and made sure that he was able to do his job also because it felt like in the first half Justin was a little bit handcuffed but in the second half they really just turned it on let Justin loose and we saw the result of the game and Fields was able to come out of a, an ugly ugly first half and uh, turn the script around completely and I thought he had a really good second half I thought this Bears offense looked a m lot better it definitely gives me some hope heading into week two as we'll definitely need to see more of a balanced game from the offense but I, I can see that coming as you know, during the Matt Nagy era, we didn't see the offense making many adjustments in the second half, and they'd come out even worse if, or even flatter. But this is definitely something that gives me some hope as that the Bears are starting to make second-half adjustments. And to do that against a Kyle Shanahan coach team against the Niners, it's impressive. Um, you know, I think this Bears coaching staff wasn't getting the credit it deserved when we first hired them. I think a lot of people were, like, you know, just overshadowing the hires. But I think we'll start to see how – how great, how great these decisions by Ryan Poles has been so far. Yeah, I think this game, more than anything, has to be a massive confidence builder for the Chicago Bears. Uh, you mentioned the new coaching hires and the impact that we can see early. I believe the Bears were only penalized three times yesterday, yep. uh, whereas the 49ers lost, I believe, 99 yards combined on, on both sides of the ball yep. with, with nine or ten penalties. So uh, the coaching definitely making an impact early. This defense came out uh, and they marked their stamp on this game early. They were not going to let the 49ers 
score points uh, or at least score points in bunches like they normally do. Uh, and they came out and that hits principle that I talked about all week really came into play. We saw Jalen Johnson, I guess you could say now wearing the number three, honoring Charles Tillman, had a peanut punch force recover, uh, forced fumble. Uh, that was picked up by Jaquan Brisker, uh, knocking it out of Debo Samuel, arguably a top five wide receiver in this league, uh, knocking it out of his hands in the red zone. A huge play there. You mentioned it, though. The Bears offense came out uh, sluggish for sure. This 49ers defense, uh, I would still say, played a pretty solid game uh, against the Bears. And uh, I think the Bears actually responded very well. You talked about the adjustments that Chicago ended up making. I don't think we've seen uh, a Chicago coaching staff since arguably Lovey Smith come out and make adjustments like that and have a completely different game plan uh, when you take a look at the second half and the first half. So uh, overall, I, I was very happy about a lot of things. Dominique Robinson was surprising. Uh, I think Devin, Tevin Jenkins had a great starting debut, only allowing run one pressure on 13 pass protections that he dropped into. Uh, Nick Bosa was all over the field. However, in the second half, another adjustment the Bears make, send over Cole Komet to help him chip block uh, on Bosa. That was awesome. So the offensive line really pulled it together in the second half. I believe they won 88% of the total reps in the game. It could be a little bit of a misleading uh, stat because obviously it doesn't take in account for the times when Justin Fields runs outside the pocket. However, I do like that the bears were using a running back committee. Khalil Herbert took advantage of all of his touches and the playbook continued to open up as this game progressed. So we saw Justin Fields get some more bootleg action, let him use his legs outside of the pocket. Both of his touchdown passes uh, came on, came in situations like that one where it was a play action and Justin Fields scrambled all the way around to his left and found Pettis across the field. The second one, a play action pass in the red zone to Equinemius St. Brown. So the Bears did a good job at making adjustments. The defense, once again, kept that bend-don't-break mentality throughout the entirety of this one. Uh, the secondary looks like they are playing at a very high level. And all in all, uh, I was very happy with the script that the Bears ended up running, especially uh, in the second 30 minutes of this football game. So overall a great win for the bears. I, I, I think I knew coming in, especially when I saw the weather that it was going to be a close game. That was going to be one in the trenches. And I think all in all, you take a look at everything, Justin Fields pulling it together in the second half, the bears, uh, younger players, most specifically a lot of rookies making very big impacts in this one. Uh, the defense playing strong football, Khalil Herbert taking advantage when it's David Montgomery's last contract year. Uh, all in all, it was it was a pretty darn good day for the Bears yesterday, and I hope they can build on this heading into week two at Green Bay. Should be an interesting one for sure. Let's move into our awards for this game. There are a lot of which ways you can go with this one offensively. Parth, I think I know who you're going to pick. I'm going to pass it over to you first, though. The Bears offense really didn't start shining in this one until the second half. Justin Fields really pulled it together. I think you could argue someone like Khalil Herbert could also get this award as well. There were some solid performances up there on the offensive line. Who is your offensive player of the game for week one? I'm going to have to go with Justin Fields. I mean, it's kind of obvious. I thought, you know, in the first half when the offense wasn't playing well, it all fell on Fields' shoulders, you know. He was the one to blame. But in the second half, when things, you know, pieced together and things were going well uh, and we scored some touchdowns, that was all all Fields. I mean, the creativity, the touchdown to Pettis, uh, 
you know, where the way he juked two, fen- dude, two defenders out and was all the way on the other side of the field, launches it to the other end of the field. I mean, not a lot of quarterbacks can do that in the National Football League. I mean, this is probably the most uh, the football, the NFL has seen, like, the most athletic quarterbacks ever till this whole entire time till now. So, I mean, Fields is definitely the most athletic quarterback that the Bears have ever, ever had. And uh, this is just the start of plays like that. And that 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 from that moment onwards, I knew that the Bears were going to win this game. And um, I, that really was a great play by Justin Fields. Yeah, Fields' athleticism may have proved to be the game changer in this one. I think there are only a, a few select quarterbacks who can yeah. extend the play like that uh, and make those long touchdown throws on plays where there's a lot of improvising going on. I mean, I think maybe Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Uh, there are a couple more that I'm missing That's as well. Nice. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Fields' athleticism really shined through in this one uh, and was a very big factor in that second half when the rain continued to come down and he had people in his face, it was good. That offensive coordinator, Luke Getze really opened up the playbook and allowed Justin to play to his strengths in that second half, because uh, I'm I'm not sure why I haven't mentioned this yet, but in that first half, after he threw uh, what was a pretty pitiful interception, uh, you could definitely see fields take a hit to his confidence. There were a lot more check down throws. So it was good that he got into a groove, did what he's able to do best. Uh, and help the Bears put some points on the board because it was not looking too good early there. I'm going to move into my offensive player of the game now, and I'm going to go with a little bit less traditional of a pick. I'm actually going to go with the right guard for the Chicago Bears, Tevin Jenkins. I was really impressed, uh, especially taking a look back today at the all-24 footage at a lot of Jenkins reps. I believe uh, he only allowed one pressure on pass protection. He earned a PFF grade pro football focus of 77.9. That is the second highest grade of anyone on the Bears offense outside of Byron Pringle, who had some good run blocking and only one reception. But uh, the Tevin Jenkins situation and the reason I'm giving him this award for week one, it has been hectic. It has been nonstop. Uh, and it has basically gone every which way it possibly can. Uh, six weeks ago, I think a lot of people wanted the Bears to move on from <clears> Jenkins. Uh, there were behavioral issues. He was benched during OTAs back in June. Uh, the Bears couldn't find the price they wanted for him. Ryan Holt fought for him to get another chance. He earned that chance over Michael Schofield, who now isn't even on the team. Uh, I think that speaks to how confident the Bears are in Jenkins' play moving forward. And he had some nasty reps yesterday uh, where he was absolutely mauling some of the 49ers defenders. So it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for Jenkins. Uh, There were definitely some times where he struggled. However, it is incredibly exciting to take a look at him, take a look at guys like Larry Borum and Braxton Jones, look at their age, see how they're performing. Uh, I think the future of this Bears offensive line is very bright. So I'm going to go with Tevin Jenkins here, and I think it is very well-deserved. Parth, before we talk about and jump into what needs to improve for Week 2, there are also a lot of ways that you could go in terms of the defensive player of the game. I mean, we saw Kyler Gordon have a couple of good reps. He did allow one big play, uh, but as a rookie corner, uh, there are going to be some growing pains. That's expected. Roquan Smith picked up where he left off. Dominique Robinson had a great debut game. Eddie Jackson, if he can even get back to playing somewhat like he did a couple of years ago, this secondary could be one of the most dangerous units in the league. Let us know who your defensive player of the game is here. 
I'm going to have to go with Eddie Jackson. I mean, that play was reminding me of 2018 all over again. You know, the way he looked into the quarterback's eyes and saw that ball coming and knew where it was going to be at the right time. Um, it felt like I was watching that Thanksgiving interception he had against Matthew Stafford and the Lions and all those interceptions he had that year. If if the Bears defense is going to be a strong top 10 defense, we're going to have to see a lot out of Eddie Jackson this year. And it's definitely possible in this new scheme that Matt Eberflus has brought to Chicago. You know, I think Eddie's able to play off of Jaquan Brisker, who's this hard-hating safety who can get to the running back, who can get down to the deeper levels of the game, while Eddie Jackson's able to do his thing and, you know, play off the QB, play off a wide receiver, and try to get an interception, cause turnovers. That's when Eddie Jackson's at his best, in my opinion. And I think that I think the Bears are finally understanding that after a very long time and using Eddie Jackson to his strengths and not his weaknesses. And uh, we could see a big year out of Eddie Jackson if he could continue to play right and keep feeding off of this defense because this is a talented core and especially that secondary. They're very young, but they can they can play really real well. I think arguably Eddie Jackson's interception yesterday was one of the best moments of the game. Uh, I know you, me, Jalen, and the rest of our team were texting, uh, and I'm not going to throw out explicitives, but we were like, oh, my goodness, we cannot believe that this just happened and got all amped up because if Eddie Jackson can return to playing at some sort of high level, that would be awesome. I think before I move on to my defensive player of the game, one last thing I want to note about Jackson is that I really appreciate that Uh, the commentators on Fox during the game said right after the pick, you know, he's one of the premier uh, premier players when it comes to taking the ball away in this league, he's been invisible for the last couple of years, but this bears defense could be very, very dangerous if he can return to even half of that form. So it was awesome to see Eddie Jackson go out there yesterday, especially after getting absolutely bulldozed by Debo Samuel on his (laughs) touchdown run, Uh, come back, respond against adversity uh, and have that interception because that led at to the, the right time to more points. Uh, and realistically, if you look back at the timeline of this game, that interception was really the nail in the coffin uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. So moving on to my defensive player of the game, uh, I have to go with Dominique Robinson. I feel like it is an obvious pick. Probably would have gone Roquan Smith. However, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him in terms of his run defense. It wasn't looking too great yesterday, but I give him the benefit of the doubt just because the conditions were terrible. Dominique Robinson is someone who was once a quarterback at Miami of Ohio. He then transitioned over to wide receiver. Then I believe he went to linebacker. Now he is at defensive end. He has some incredible athleticism. He is someone who I have been talking about Throughout training camp, someone the first day I went, excuse me, back in July, uh, someone whose power moves, whose speed overall on the outside and his ability uh, to rush the passer really impressed me. So to see Dominique Robinson, the highest graded uh, player on the Bears yesterday, PFF, uh, 89.8 rating, seven tackles, uh, a sack and a half, uh, a tackle for a loss. I believe he was top 10. Uh, in the entirety of the league in terms of eligible defensive ends that played yesterday. So what an incredible start for him. Uh, I really think he's going to be a big rotational piece on this Bears defensive front. Parth, you had talked about being worried about that unit yesterday. If Robinson can continue to play at this high level, it's giving me a little bit of a flashback of someone like a Travis Gibson. However, uh, I do believe a lot of teams are probably going to be regretting letting him pass and drop to the fifth round. So 
Before we close this off, let's talk a little bit about what needs to be improved before week two. Obviously, there's a lot that you can look at in this game. The Bears came out extremely sluggish offensively. They've got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers next week, and I'm not saying that the Packers looked incredible either. They practically got blown out by the Minnesota Vikings. However, they also got blown out last year in their season opener against the James <clears throat> and led New Orleans Saints. But uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't quite Trey Lance, uh, and he is not going to give you that much room to breathe if you can't put up points offensively. So there are a lot of places you can look uh, in intercepts, uh, some issues that the Bears had in this week one game. Parth, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to pass it back to you. What do you think the Bears need to improve on before this week two game against Green Bay under the lights? Definitely just needed to get the offense going a little bit. I mean, the weather was a big issue in this game that you it's really hard to, you know, even make such statements, you know. But I'd love just to see a more consistent offense on the offensive side of the ball, you know, do it for all four quarters, especially when you're against a team like the Packers who have dominated us over the last couple of years. You want to make sure that you start off right, get some points early on in the board, so you let your defense, you know, breathe a little. Um, you don't want to ever have your defense um, try to carry you through a game against Aaron Rodgers. It never works, and it never has. The last time the Bears tried to do that, he ended up coming back and winning the game in the fourth quarter. So, you know, you got to start off right, make sure you score some points early, and let Justin Fields get comfortable early. It's going to be a Sunday night primetime game in Lambeau Field. It's not going to be easy. But if there's a time to do it, it is right now because the Packers definitely did not show me anything that I would be happy or excited about as a Packers fan heading into week two. I mean, that offense looked flat. The defense wasn't able to contain Justin Jefferson. So the Bears are going to have to air it out, um, use guys like Darnell Mooney, um, and find out ways to score points because the Vikings were just able to do it and hold on to a win. I think it was 20-7, to 23-7. So the Bears definitely – don't have the toughest Green Bay team that we've seen in a very long time. That's for sure. You can't underestimate the Packers. I, I can't. I can't. But, you know, I'm just going to say the Bears definitely cannot count themselves on this one just yet. No, no, I agree. And whenever these, these teams come together and play, it's always competitive. It's, it's, it's not usually as competitive in Lambeau. However, I don't think a lot of us were expecting what we saw out of the Green Bay Packers yesterday. Uh, that was a little bit of a shock to me, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that Aaron Rodgers is a two-time reigning MVP. Uh, he's going to continue to get better chemistry with his wide receivers where he struggled yesterday. So if the Bears don't start off better, like you mentioned, they could definitely still be in trouble. I think the Bears have a defensive unit that will put up a good fight each and every week. I love the hits principle. I love what Matt Eberflus and Allen Williams have brought over from the Indianapolis Colts. But the Bears can't rely on their defense so much, especially – going up against a high caliber offense. I think I'm still safe to say that with guys like Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers, Robert Tanyan, they most definitely have to be better off the rip next week <laughs> offensively. I completely agree with you, Parth. I'm going to keep it on the offensive side of the ball as well, talking about what I think needs to improve in week two. And I'm going to go with something a little bit more specific. I think the Bears uh, potentially should consider taking a different approach to the run game. You take a look at what they were able to achieve yesterday on the ground, and obviously 
terrible conditions, week one game, kicking the rust off after a lot of these players didn't play much in the preseason. I give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. I think Khalil Herbert had a great game, nine carries, 45 yards. He had five yards per carry as well as a score and a long rush of 13 yards. But I think the Bears can take a little bit better of an approach to the way that they attack on the ground. Uh, And I was getting, honestly, a little bit frustrated uh, watching especially a lot of the runs that fizzled out in that first half. Uh, So I think potentially adjusting their approach to the run scheme is important. I think I see the importance in wanting to run the ball 25-plus times a game. The Bears were not able to get David Montgomery going whatsoever this week. Uh, I think the excessive shotguns, shotgun handouts uh, were, were handoffs, excuse me, were a little bit hard to watch. Uh, I don't think they used Kari Blazing game uh, as well as they should have. I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that they brought him in to specifically try and develop a stronger run game. Uh, so I would love to see the Bears in week two against the Packers, especially after the Vikings had a solid game rushing the ball, uh, draining that clock against the Green Bay Packers. I would love to see the Bears. Pick a point of attack, put game in there behind fields and in front of a running back, and run downhill with a full head of steam. Uh, the, sh- the shotgun handoffs were giving me flashbacks to Matt Nagy, uh, and that is definitely not something I wanted to see. So they opened up the playbook, uh, at least in terms of the passing game, uh, and we saw that prosper in the second half. But if the Bears can somehow put together a better rushing attack in Week two, uh, I think that will definitely help their chances of taking one off the Packers on the road and what would be another upset win. So thank you guys so much for tuning into our week one postgame show. Our week two coverage kicks off tomorrow, taking a look at everything there is to need to look at when the Bears go to Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football and face the Packers. Should be a very good week. Obviously, nothing beats Victory Monday, uh, but we've got to refocus. I can't get too far ahead of ourselves and focus on Green Bay, the most storied rivalry in the history of professional football. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, though. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor, drop a like, subscribe, follow, wherever you may be listening. We're bringing you guys the most comprehensive Bears coverage on the web throughout the entirety of the 2022 regular season. If you want more content, head to our website for columns, articles, and blogs, BearDown.com. The link is down in the description wherever you may be listening right now. If you would like to find the podcast on social media, we've been more active than we ever have been this regular season on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on both of those platforms at BearDown. And finally, you can find the links to our personal social media pages down in the description for myself, as well as my co-host Parth and the entirety of our team. It's a great way to interact with us, checking out our pages, giving us a follow, and you can see our thoughts on all things Bears. The entirety of the National Football League during these wild, wild weeks, the Bears weren't even the biggest storyline in a comeback upset victory in a monsoon. And you can also see our thoughts on all things Chicago sports. Parshaw feels good to be starting off these post-game shows talking about a win. If the Bears could potentially get a win streak going here, uh, we could potentially be in uh, for a lot of fun here early on in the season. Great game coming up tonight. Russell Wilson returns back to Seattle with the new-look Denver Broncos. The football (laughs) keeps rolling on. College, baseball, we're getting closer uh, to the playoffs. There's a lot to look forward to. Basketball coming back in about two weeks. What a great, great, great time for sports. Any last words before we sign off? 
Yeah, I'm excited to watch some Broncos Seattle today. You know, I would um, I never expected Russell Wilson not to be wearing a Seahawks uniform in his career, but here we are. You know, he's going to be playing for the Broncos. I'm really excited to see what that offense looks like under Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who's their head coach now. And like you said, baseball is heating up. The White Sox did pick up three out of four in Oakland, but still somehow lost the game against the Guardians as they swept the Twins. So, you know, the Twins are looking like they're not going to make the playoffs um, in that division, but it's definitely up to Cleveland and Chicago. Um, it's going to be a great fight to the end. Um, yeah, baseball's definitely heating up. It's got me a little stressed out about the White Sox for sure. Yeah, there's a lot going on for sure. Uh, what a great week one. So many <clears throat> incredible yeah. games, so many incredible endings. Cade York, the Browns rookie kicker, kicking yeah. a game winner. 58-yarder. Uh, uh, seeing Baker's reaction on the sideline was priceless. <laughs> uh, we had a tie in week one uh, between the Colts and the Texans. Steelers-Bengals was incredible. Uh, a Mitch pretty Trubisky. good game between a pretty good game. Oh yeah, Maserati Mitch, he's back. You already know he's it. Back. Um, a great game between the Raiders and the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns in three quarters. Uh the Cowboys and the Buccaneers both looked terrible. Um, so many storylines across this week one. I'm just so happy to have football back. Uh, and as you mentioned, Parth, a, a lot of big storylines heading into this week two game. The Packers don't have Devontae Adams anymore. He looks <clears> great <throat> with Derek Carr. We'll see Nathaniel Hackett tonight. His former offensive coordinator should be some interesting headlines heading into our week two coverage. We've got two very big special guests coming to the show this week to help talk to us about the Packers, both tomorrow also in our pregame show coming uh, this upcoming weekend. So once again, feels good to be doing this consistently. The support's been incredible, uh, and I'm just here to enjoy the ride. So thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. It's been a pleasure to be your host. Once again, my name is Chris Malpe. And Bears fans, enjoy this Victory Monday. Let's refocus on week two and see if we can go pull off another upset. As always, do us a favor and stay safe and bear down. We'll see you in the next one. Week two coverage kicks off tomorrow. Peace out.